I hear voices, and most of the voices that I hear are in here. And they're random, and most of the time, they're not reliable. It's kind of crazy. Let me, let me give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, I was in a meeting, and it was a Monday, and I have a lot of meetings on Monday, a lot of meetings early on in the week, and, and we kind of stacked them up like that. So I was in a meeting, and it was one of those meetings where different ideas were being thrown out, and we weren't necessarily seeing eye to eye on, you know, we could do this or do that. No, I don't think this, and no, I don't think that'll work. And it was kind of stressful. And I know you might think, gosh, you guys disagree on stuff in a church setting. That's a surprise. Well, surprise. You know, it happens in our context, too. I mean, so we're, we're just batting this stuff around, and, I mean, it got... I was tired, I was worn out, and this is the thought that come, that, that this is the voice that I heard. You should just quit. Well, that was random, just that. And before I knew it, I was fantasizing about other things that I could do. I'm sitting there in this meeting, and they're talking about very important, life-changing, altering, eternally significant things, and I'm going, I could do that, I could do that. Oh, that would be less stressful. That would, oh, yeah, that's nice. I could do that over there, or I could do that. And I'm just like, oh, no, okay, I got to get back to the meeting. Okay, so Tuesday comes around the next day, and was in another meeting, and again, this meeting was probably even more um, tense, let's just say, and it was one of those, I was, oh, I'm so tired. And again, same voice. I'm telling you, dude, you should quit. Where's that coming from? I'm just like, wow, and here I go again. I could do that. I really should look into this, and I could make a call. Now, now listen, I'm I'm not looking for your pity. And I love my job. And I see great purpose in what I do. And I think all of us have had the moment, uh, you know, regardless of what our job is, when it gets tough, that we sit around going, maybe I should do something else. I'm just letting you know, I hear voices. And the voices, most of them that I hear are in here, and a lot of times it's not very reliable. Like if you knew what was going on in my head when I stood up here, sometimes the voices I heard, the voices I hear, like when I'm standing right where I'm standing right now, I mean, it starts out really good, but you would be shocked. You would be surprised. Let me just give you just a little peek. You want a little peek? Here's a little peek. Maybe you don't. You're going to get one anyway. It starts out really well. I walk up on this stage, and my vo- the voices that I'm hearing in my head are prayerful voices. It starts out good. And then it goes to, what was I going to say next? What am I saying next? That guy's getting up. Where's he going? Could you not just hold it? Man, I'm hungry. I should have eaten more. And that guy, that dude's asleep. Oh, I think I forgot to email them, baby. Could you please get that baby in the lobby? It's interrupting so much. And, oh, did I zip my fly? <laughs> okay. Are you with me? <laughs> you laugh, right? But here's what's true about you. You hear voices. And most of the voices you hear are up here. And it's random. And it's crazy. And have you ever noticed that the voices come without permission? You don't have to invite them. And they come without warning. You don't get a signal. Incoming, incoming. No, it just kind of happens. And you're all of a sudden replaying that conversation. And you hear that voice. And maybe it's kind of coming through the filter of somebody else's voice, but it's really your voice. Remember what they said? Remember what they said? Remember what they said? And then all of a sudden you're pulling in something your friend said two years ago and then something your grandmother always said. And then you're thinking, man, what am I going to do with all this? 
It's random. Then you start making stuff up. You ever done that? Stuff that hadn't happened, maybe will never happen, and now you're angry or you're bitter or you're worried, you're anxious, you fill in the blank, and it's just exhausting. You hear voices. Most of the voices you hear are up here. And it goes from voices about your job, and now, you're, and now it's about your marriage, and then you're hearing voices about money, and then voices that are talking to you about your car, and then your kids, and then North Korea, and then a cheeseburger. <laughs> right? And it's just boom, boom, like, what is going on? We all know what that's like. No wonder we binge on Netflix. We just want to shut it out, turn it off, numb the noise. No wonder we struggle with addictions. No wonder. We just try to stay busy. We, we hear ourselves say that. I, I got to get back. I, I, got, I got a lot to do. I, I don't have time to sit around. And it's not that we don't have time to sit around. We just don't want to allow ourselves to fall prey, right, to what's going on in our minds. And here's the caution. We hear all those voices, and then we start drawing conclusions. And we start making decisions, which affects the direction of our lives. You hear your own voice more than any other voice you ever hear. Your voice is actually the most influential voice in your life. And when I'm talking about voices in your mind, in your head, I'm talking about your thoughts. The thoughts you have or the voices. And it's so loud that's why this is so very important for every single one of us, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you, you, you believe in God or not, you need this, I need this. Every single one of us need to pay attention to what's going on in our minds and begin to filter the voices in our minds, the thoughts in our minds, through the filter we introduced ourselves to a couple of weeks ago that we're using in this series as a filter for voices, and it's this. Is this voice I'm hearing in my head life-giving or life-taking? Is my own voice? Or the filter of my own voice and my thoughts, are they life-giving or are they life-taking? And again, this is not about trying to tell you what to think. I'm trying to help you know how to think. And there's a difference. I want to begin, though, by dispelling a false belief. It's a belief that I often fall prey to, and so do you, but we don't have to. And it's this right here. This is very important. Here's the false belief, that we are victims of our minds. You hear people say things like this. Well, I can't help what's going on in my head. Not true. Well, I can't help what I think. Not true. Well, what can I do? It's not like I can control, you know, what's going on inside my brain. Not true. We are not victims of what goes on in our brains. That is a false belief to think that you don't have a say and that you don't have control. It reminds me of the old proverb that I heard years ago that says, you cannot keep a bird from landing on your head, but you can definitely keep him from building a nest in your hair. 
Lots of swatting. Shoo, you know, get away. No, you can't do that. And so, no, you may not be in charge or in control of the thoughts that come zooming in from different directions and the voices that you begin to hear, but you can certainly do something about them setting up camp and camping out and hanging out in that space between your ears. You see, the truth is, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, you have an enemy, and I have an enemy. His name is Satan, and he certainly targets us in our minds. He targets us with voices, but still, that doesn't mean you're a victim. You're targeted, but you're not a victim. I'm targeted, but I'm not a victim. I have control, and you have control, and it's not easy, and it's not quick, but it's possible. Let me show you. It's so clear in the scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, all throughout the scriptures, all throughout the Bible. God tells us things that lets us know that we have a say, that we are not victims by what happens of what happens in our brains. And I just want you, I'm going to give you a survey, a quick summary here. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on any of it, but I just want to give you enough to let you see this is not a one-time thing. This was not just something that, you know, God said one time, and even if he did, that would be enough. But no, this is a repetitive theme. Let me begin in the Old Testament, in the wisdom writings of King Solomon, where we find this in God's word. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So well, what's that got to do with voices? What's that got to do with thoughts in my brain, everything. Because see, in the Old Testament, the word heart is used in reference to your mind, in reference to your thoughts. He's not talking about the muscle in your chest that pumps blood. He's not saying guard your blood pumping muscle above all else, even though it's not necessarily a bad thing to do. I mean, that's not what he's talking about. And we know that because we talk about this all the time too. We use heart the same way. When someone says, I love you with all my heart, I love you with all my heart. You know what they mean. They don't mean I love you with the whole muscle in my chest that's pumping blood right now. See, it doesn't sound quite romantic when you put it like that, right? Valentine's Day then becomes this very gory, horrific event, right? No, when someone says, I love you with all my heart, what are they saying? Everything inside of me, everything up here, my thoughts are to you, babe. And he's using it very much the same way. Guard what's going on inside of you. Guard what's going on up here. Because what goes on up here and what happens you know, inside of you with your thoughts, it controls the direction of your life. It controls what you do out here. So this lets us know right up front. We have a say. We have control. There is something we can do about what happens up here. Okay, that's clear, but let's keep going. It gets clearer. In the New Testament, through the writings of Paul, God tells us that we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. The renewing of your minds, which means you can renew what happens up here. What happens up here can be changed. It can be adjusted. It can be shifted. It can be redirected. It could be made new. It could be made all over again. There's a reset button. You can renew your minds. 
Now, that's not just something I can do in and of myself. It's actually a work of God in my life. It's a work of God in our lives, but we have to be active participants in it. Let me show you this next one. It says, says the same thing. Let the Spirit, in Ephesians, Paul writes, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. You have to let him. You have to be an active participant. You have to be willing to say, God, I need a reset of what's going on with my thoughts, with the voices in my mind. I need your help to renew my thoughts and my attitudes. Look at this one. I love this one. We take captive every thought, Paul writes to the Corinthians, and we make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought. You know what he's saying here? You can actually capture a thought. You can, and not physically with your hands, but you can actually stop. The series of voices, the series of thoughts that are coming through your brain, you can go, that one, stop. Now, and you can freeze frame that thought and you can think about that thought and decide whether or not that thought is a thought you need to let keep going down the stream or you want to dwell on this thought. And we do it all the time. You just need to know you have that ability and that we should capture our thoughts. We should stop and say, wait a second, should I be thinking about this? Is this the kind of thought I should be having or not? You're not a helpless victim. I'm not a helpless victim. Just keep going. A couple more. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. You can set your mind, which means you can decide to think about certain things and decide to not think about certain things. You can. No one said it was easy. Like, don't think about the elephant. See? It's hard. <laughs> what elephant? There's an elephant? There's an elephant? Yes, he's in the room. He's always in the room. Right? No one said it was easy, but you can actually decide what to think about and what not to think about. And we find these words to the Philippians. Paul says, fix your thoughts. Now, we're going to come back in a minute, and we're going to finish this on what he tells us to fix our thoughts. And what he means by the word fix is not fix your thoughts and you won't have any other problems worrying about the voices in your head kind of fix. No, he's like, you know, not a, not a fix as far as like druggy fix. No, no. When he says fix your thoughts, he means focus. Focus, fine tune, fixate on these kinds of think and these kinds of thoughts. We'll get back to that in just a second. But the point is, that you and I have control. So, so here's, here's what I want to do. I want to challenge you with two things. Based upon what we've just read, knowing that we're not victims, it's clear, we're not victims. We have control over what goes on in our brains. I want to challenge you with two challenges. Here's the first. Real simple. Think about what you're thinking. Think about what you're thinking. Do you know how quick and how often we go onto autopilot? In our brains, we just go into autopilot and we think without thinking. We just think without thinking. You ever driven somewhere and not remember getting there? You ever showed up, you pull in, you're like, I don't remember passing anything. How did I get here? <laughs> right? That's kind of scary. That's because you do the same thing over and over again. You don't even realize it because your mind's somewhere else. We know that. See, that also happens with our thinking that we just kind of go into autopilot. We go into duh mode, right? 
Some of you have thoughts on repeat playing in your mind. You have voices on a constant loop in your mind and you don't even realize it. And you need to stop and think about it. And you would realize then when you stop and think about what you're thinking that the voice you're consistently telling, you're hearing and you're telling yourself is, you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not smart enough, you're not rich enough. You'll never make it. That'll never work. You're annoying. You'll hear these things on a loop or maybe other things. You're better than everybody here. You're smarter than everybody else in this room. They're lucky to have you. It works on both sides. You may not even realize that's what dominates your thoughts and whatever dominates your thoughts forms your reality and sets the direction for your life. That's what King Solomon was saying in Proverbs. Guard what happens up here because it sets the course for your entire life. You and I need to be aware and highly involved into what we are thinking. Think about what you're thinking. Be intentional about what you're thinking and understand what you're thinking. Often, that's all it takes right there. Have you ever had that moment where you were like in, in autopilot mode and then all of a sudden you kind of snapped out of it? And we'll tell, you know, tell that to people, snap out of it. You will tell yourself, okay, snap out of it. And as soon as you realize what you're thinking, problem solved. You're like, wait a second, I don't need to be thinking that. And then you're back on track, right? You ever had that moment? And I, and I wish that happened more often. But that, that's what we're talking about. Often, that's all it takes. Now, many times it's harder than that, which we'll get to in just a second. But it begins with you thinking about what you're thinking. Some of you need to stop. And you need to just think about the kind of thoughts you've been having about your marriage. About your spouse about your kids, about your friends, about your job, about money, about your relationships. What am I thinking? What are the thoughts you've been having about your past, about the present? What kind of thoughts have you been dwelling on and thinking about the future? See, a lot of times we don't even stop and think. Who's this from? Where's this thought from? Who's this voice from? And where's it going? Where's it taking me? What direction is this going to lead me down if I dwell on this, if I let that bird build a nest in my hair? What's going to happen if I just let this kind of set up camp? Think about what you're thinking. Is this good? Is this helpful? Is this from God? Does this point me back to Jesus? Does this help me get closer to him? Or is this wrong? Is this unhealthy? Is this hurtful? Is this nothing but suspicion and confusion and assumptions? Is this a way Satan is trying to mess with me? See, you and I, it begins with just thinking about what you're thinking. So this week, the next time you feel overwhelmed, and it's going to happen, you need to stop and think, wait a second, what am I thinking about? What am I thinking about? It may help you to write it down. It may help you to say it out loud. Just be careful with that, right? The next time you feel confused, stop, think, wait, 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 what's leading up to this? Why am I confused? What am I thinking? What am I thinking? When you're anxious, Okay, what are the thoughts that I'm thinking that are leading to this anxiety? A lot of times, we just don't even stop and think. Autopilot in your mind is no way to live, and God wants something better for us. That's why he's given us all of those directives about setting our minds and fixing our thoughts. 
So challenge number one, think about what you're thinking. Think about what you're thinking. Here's the second one. Kind of picks up right from there. Direct your thoughts, don't just have them. When you go into autopilot, you just have thoughts. But, but what God wants us to learn how to do is to actually direct our thoughts, not just have them. You and I get to decide. You and I get to be in the driver's seat of what happens in our brains, and our minds with these voices. Leadership author and speaker John Gordon wrote, I had to stop listening to myself and start talking to myself. And to think that's great. This is exactly what God was saying. Stop listening to the voices in your head and become a traffic cop in your brain and start directing them. You're good. You can come through. Nope, you stop. You go that way. Just let it keep going. Like, nope, you're not coming in here. You're not. I see you. There you are. You're, nope. But yeah, you can come. You get to direct the thoughts that you have. And some of you are thinking, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Actually, I don't. It's just fun to say. Um, but I bet some of you are thinking, dude, that's just nothing but a bunch of that power of positive thinking crap. Okay. What do you suggest? The power of negative thinking? Do you think that's what we should promote, right? No. And here, call it whatever you want to call it. God's word is very clear. Let me take you back to Philippians chapter four and let's finish it. Fix your thoughts. Decide to think about, direct your thinking this way. What way? On what is true. But you could just stop right there and just think about that. Is this true or not? Or is this an assumption? Or is this suspicion? Or is this just what that person says, and I really don't know that's true. This is just what they think she's thinking, and who knows what who's thinking, but this is not even directly from, the, this is like third party. I bet she said she's thinking, and she thinks that she thinks. So that's not true. If you would stop and think, how many things that we think are not even based on truth? They're based on assumption. They're based on lies. They're based on a feeling. So we're told to stop and fix our thoughts on things that are true. Here's something that's true. I don't know what she's thinking, so I'll just leave that one alone. Here's what's true. I really don't know what's going to happen, so I won't spend my time worried about that. Here's what's true. I'll do what I can do, and I'll do my best, and I cannot control the outcome, so I'm just not going to waste my time trying to worry about things I can't control. So you come back to what's true. Think about what is true and honorable. Love that one. So if it's dishonorable to God, dishonorable to people, don't spend your time thinking about it. And right. That means don't spend your time thinking about things that you know are wrong. You've done that. I've done that. And the next one, pure. <laughs> We've done that, right? In your mind, you're in an argument, and you just... See, you know, I wonder what would happen if I just punched them right in the throat. <laughs> right? You ever, your mind ever done that? You know, and you're, you're in a moment, I just want to run right out that door. I'm going to run out the door screaming and I'm never coming back. Right? But you stop and you're like, no, 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 no. Those, those voices. Is it true? Is it a honorable is it right is it pure is it lovely is it admirable 
It's what I'm, it's the voice in my head leading me to admirable things or things that even I would say, you ain't got no business sitting around thinking about that. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Things that you would encourage other people to think about are the things that you and I should encourage ourselves to think about. Fix your thoughts. This is a great exercise. I mean, it would be great for you to take a picture of this. And the next time you find yourself getting bombarded by the voices in your brain and your mind and those thoughts, to stop and slowly read through this. All right, is this true? Is this honorable? And I bet you by the time you get to the end of that list, you know what to do with that voice. You will know whether that voice is life-giving or life-taking. See, this is about directing your thoughts to life-giving thinking. Directing your thoughts to life-giving thinking. It's exactly what I had to do on that Monday and Tuesday a couple of weeks back. I had to direct my thinking. You're not going to quit. That's ridiculous. Get your head back in the game here. This is important stuff you guys are talking about. And I don't know about you, but I can, I can be a worrier, right? Anybody else worry around here? I'm worried that we worry too much. That's just all. <laughs> right? I can be a warrior and, and, and I got triggers and you got triggers and a lot of times I'm not even realize all the things that I find myself worried about or focused on. I have to stop and think about it and think about it and then direct my thoughts. Um, I don't talk a lot about this and there's a reason I don't talk a lot about it and I'll, I'll tell you why. But I am a, um, thankfully I am a 10 plus year cancer survivor and, and I use the word survive very carefully and, and I don't talk about it a lot because there are so many people that went through so much worse and are battling cancer at such a great, uh, a greater level than I ever experienced it. So I, I'm very careful um, out of respect and out of compassion to those that are fighting it at a much greater level than I ever had to and hopefully ever will. But, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And, I, and I'll tell you this. Um, every year around the anniversary, it happens in the spring, the anniversary of my uh, cancer and, and treatment and, and surgery and all that kind of stuff. I get kind of nervous. And sometimes I see it coming. Matter of fact, I can tell you, it's coming. Here it comes. And it, it, it's coming up on that time of year. I know what I'm going to be fighting off. And man, all of a sudden, I'm feeling everything, you know. I'm looking in the mirror. I'm like, oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? It's a pimple. I don't know. It's a tumor. No, it's, it's, a, it's a pimple, dude. Shut up. No, just squeeze it. No, no. sorry, that was too much. Um, I'm telling you, the stuff that happens... And I can see it coming. And you know what I have to do? You know what I've learned I have to do? Is, get, is, is, is put myself in the position of a traffic cop in my mind. I said, nope, you keep going. You keep going. Because what's true? What's true? As far as I know, I'm healthy. I feel great. I feel as good as I've ever felt. Who knows what's growing on the inside of me and what's growing on the inside of you? You're welcome. But we don't know those kinds of things for sure. So I'm not going to focus on things I can't change. I'm not going to worry about the things I can't change. I'm going to go eat a cheeseburger. Right? Let's have another cup of coffee, like cancer-causing things. Anyway, right, makes sense. But I know what it's like. I, guys, I, and you got, your own, you got your own triggers, okay? Everybody's got their own triggers. For some of you, it's a relational thing. Because of what your dad always said, because of what your mom always said, because of what your ex-husband used to say and do, because of what your, you know, you fill in the blank, because of what that coach or that teacher then every time you hear something or see something that reminds you of that, it kicks into gear. And here these voices start. 
You're a worthless piece of you know what. You'll never make it. You're no good. God doesn't love you. You've screwed your life up. God will never use you. God won't forgive you. And you got to decide to take the traffic cop position in your brain and start directing thoughts and not just having them. Direct thoughts. You need to feel empowered to direct your thoughts. To say this one is not good. It's not even true. It's based on assumption and confusion, and I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to think about the things that are true. In other words, you can retrain your brain. You really can. There's lots of studies coming out now that tell us that that's possible. Because see, we're learning so much more about the human mind than we've ever known before. We're constantly discovering fascinating new details about how God created our brains and, and one of the things we're discovering is just how retrainable the brain is. And it's not easy. And it's not real quick either. But it's possible. And you know something that helps me? Is seeking wise counsel from trusted people. People that I trust. People that I love and care for. And I know they love me and they care for me. And I'll come to them and you'll come to them and people will come to you and, and, and we say it. Here's what I'm thinking. Tell me if I'm crazy. Tell me if this sounds right. See, we know we do that instinctively, right? Keep doing that. Find wise people that you trust in your life. And God will use them to empower you to clarify what it is you're thinking. No matter what it is, you're young and doesn't matter what you think. Or you're old and doesn't matter what you think. You're this, you're that. Find someone close to you that you love and care for and confide in them and say, hey, can I share with you some things I'm thinking and you just help me sort this out? And see, what you're doing is bringing people alongside of you to stand in your brain and direct thoughts and direct the voices. We are not victims. We get to decide to think about what we're thinking and then direct our thoughts to life-giving thoughts not life-taking thoughts. Let me show you how this works. Any what-ifers in here? Anybody like to what-if things? I'm a what-ifer. I'm a big what-ifer. Hey, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? What if that? What if this? What if this? What if this breaks? What if this doesn't work? What if they say, what if she says? What if I can't? What if it won't? What if, what if, what if? You, you always realize, you realize that how many of our what-ifs are negative and they're life-taking do you know the next time you are what ifing yourself to death, you can stop that and turn it to the positive? You can choose to say, but wait a second, what if it's actually not as bad as I thought? What if, what if it's better than I thought? What if, what if it's better than I ever dreamed? What if it's a good thing? What if I win? What if it works? What am I going to do when? You see, not what am I going to do if. You see, that's, that's you directing your thoughts to things that are true and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and worthy of praise. These are the things that are life-giving thoughts and God tells us to do it. You ever find yourself drawing conclusions in your brain? Like, oh, I know what she's thinking. That's what the voices say. Your voice. Oh, I know what's going on there. Oh, I bet I know the deal. 
oh, I know, she, she, when you walked in the room, she's thinking, oh, when he saw you come through the door, you know what's going on. Oh, I know, I bet. I know, I know, I know. And isn't it interesting how negative the I knows are? I know this, I know that, and this negative life taking, negative life taking, it just drains the life right out of you. What if we flipped it? What if we spun that around to this? Because here's what's true. You never know. Instead of, oh yeah, I know. What if our thoughts, you decided to start thinking like this? Because you can, you totally have the ability to. God will help you have the ability to start thinking. Well, you never know. You never know what they're thinking. Maybe they're not thinking what I think they're thinking. You never know what might happen. Well, you never know how this is gonna change. You never know. Stranger things have happened. You never know. Do you see how positive and hopeful that is? Can you imagine how the stress level begins to come down? The anxiety level begins to level out and then subside. Oh, here's another one. I'll leave you with this one. You have lots of thoughts that begin with, there's no way. There's no way they'll love you. There's no way. There's no way that'll work. There's no way you're going to get that job. There's no way you're going to make it. There's no way you'll live. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. Except for this one thing. Isn't it interesting? How we Christians, we followers of Jesus who serve a God who can do anything, how often we live on the butt end of there's no way, there's no way, there's no way. Yeah, wait, wait, wait a second. Who do we serve? Who is our heavenly father? He is a God who specializes in making a way where there apparently was no way. And so we switch it, we flip it. And instead of having thoughts that says there's no way, there's no way, there's no way, then we can honestly begin thinking there's always a way. There's always a way. There's a way. God makes a way. God, God could, oh, there's a way because of the God I serve, because of the God I trust, because of the God I know. Do you see? Do you see how that works? And you get to decide. You are not a victim. All you have to do is start thinking about what you're thinking and direct those thoughts and not just have them into life-giving things and not life-taking things. I want to pray for you right now. And I want to challenge you to pray for yourself. And if you want to talk about directing thoughts, I don't know of a better way to start than directing our thoughts together to our Heavenly Father, the one who can help us direct our thoughts. Our Father, we need your help. We need your help. Because it's exhausting being in our brains, it's exhausting with all the voices. And we, we have an enemy, yep, and we are targeted, but we're not victims. We can decide, we can choose what to think and what not to think. So help us to think the things and fix our thoughts on things that are good and lovely and pure and honorable and excellent and worthy of praise. Help us to set our minds on things above, not just get distracted by things that are earthly. Father, may we be renewed in our minds by your power and help us to be active participants in thinking and hearing voices that are life-giving. And may we redirect anything life-taking. And we can't do this alone. We need your help. And we trust that you will help us because there's always a way with you. In Jesus' name. Amen.